WNBA Nation, it is great to be with all of you uh, tonight, tomorrow, well not tomorrow, today, this morning, whenever you happen to be listening to this episode, I'm Kyle Haywood and I am really excited about tonight's show. Uh, we're recording live on Twitch, we've got a bunch of people hopping in the chat, um, but who I will be chatting with on tonight's episode is my good friend and downstairs neighbor, Logan Jones. What's up? What's up? We're, I mean, we're in the thick of it, man. Yeah. All, all year long, we're like, dude, the season's going to start. And then the season starts and we're like, oh, it's so early. It's so early. And then like (laughs) soon we'll be like, it's getting late. It's getting late. But right now, now is the time. Like this is the season. We are in it. This is the best part of the season, in my opinion. Like, I know everybody loves like the last playoff push or you love the playoffs. And I agree. It's fun. This part of the season is so much fun for me because there's this whole stretch of like you're, you're past like the first initial games that everybody over like hyper analyzes and you get into this like mode of ev- like this is when a lot of people kind of tune out a little bit. This is when I love it because this is when teams are really figuring out, okay, what are we going to do long term in the season? So this like the first like third, I love tuning in because you start to really get a, a good I- idea of where teams are. And I think if you can start your trajectory now, that's yeah, it, it, your trajectory like now moving forward is what's really going to set the tone for the rest of uh, for like playoff seating and whatnot. Cause you figured it out, you know who your major opponents are, you know who, uh, you know, like you're going to realize the Liberty are a lot better than you, than people were saying. And so is Dallas and maybe Chicago's more, uh, susceptible to, to, to L's than, than we were previously thought. But regardless, it's a fun time of year and it's a fun time of the season. Um, hey, before I forget, I, I have a question right out the gate. And this isn't even a question. This is just asking for some Twitter responses. Um, we're looking to do a little uh, getting out and traveling. My wife and I have both been vaccinated and uh, we're we missed going out and attending a WNBA some WNBA games last season with the with the bubble and everything. And I know all of you did as well. But. I want to petition everyone who's listening to the episode to hit us up on Twitter, hit up WNBA nation. And I want you to let me know where we should go as a family to go see, uh, to see a WNBA game. Now you have to be smart. Like, uh, for example, like I know Las Vegas right now has a restriction where only season ticket holders are, are, um, are getting, like access into the games. So you got to like, I know they've got that. So if your team allows single game tickets or if you can hook it up with some single game tickets or I don't know, we'll try and see what we can do. But regardless, we're looking to take a little family trip. I want you to let me know which team should we come see? And uh, if so, are you going to come hang out at the game with us? Cause that would be super dope. Logan says Muncie in the chat. (laughs) Every a timeshare in Muncie. It's because I care. <laughs> um, 
Hey, Logan, tonight we've got so many people hanging out with us on Twitch. We got to give a quick shout out to Lauren W who just hit us up with the follow. Thank you, Lauren. Um, we, uh, we smashed our previous goal of followers and, uh, we're going to try and double where we're at right now. And, uh, so we, we've got a new goal for followers coming up. So if you haven't followed us on Twitch yet, come over and, and check it out. But Logan, I figured we'd have a little fun with the Twitch chat tonight and we're going to start off the episode just with a mailbag portion. We have so many people who have asked a lot of questions, um, about like a bunch of different teams, storylines, scenarios and i think that we just hit these up just let's just go right down the line and hit these up and we'll kind of do rapid responses to these because i don't want to take too much time on this before we get into breaking down some other uh elements that we want to talk about tonight but first i uh yeah let's just hop right in and, and see what some of the first couple questions are um i got one on here um this is a a quick Rapid fire one. Smoney asks, uh, how are the storm so good when they lost a lot in free agency? And I think that's a question a lot of people are asking themselves, um, as we see the storm surging up into first place. So how are they still so good? Logan, think about where they started because it's, it's not like they had only those players. Uh, if, if you start head and shoulders above the rest of the league, as the reigning champs did in the offseason, then losing a couple pieces but maintaining your core means you're still going to be a threat. Uh, <laughs> I think we all were a little bit worried about like what they would look like on the defensive end, uh, losing like a defensive player of the year in Natasha Howard, um, as well as some other pieces, but it, it hasn't slowed them down. In fact, um, something that not a lot of people talk about is they had a really good coach step down this year. Um, and they, they've kind of not missed a beat with that either. They've just been their dominant selves. And I think it's because that's who the core of Sue Bird, Bree Stewart and Jewel Lloyd are. I think if you put those three together with any supporting cast in the league, you know, there's so much talent in the league that if those three are your, your primary like offensive players, you're probably going to be doing really well. So it's not about who you, uh, who you fire. It's who you hire when in, in terms of like, like coaches and, and players. And in this case, it's almost like it's not about who you lose. It's who you kept. And they kept a core intact that I think is going to be competitive for years to come. I think I was maybe not understanding just how far above the rest of the league Seattle was. Like I knew they were, I mean, they swept every team in the, in the playoffs, right? Obviously Howard and Clark and um, Sam Bam are, are both they're All three of them are, are big losses, but they're still a very good team. Um, okay, another quick one. How do you think uh, Deladon and Tina Charles are going to work together? I think they work great. Um, I don't think Deladon takes away from anything that Tina Charles is doing this year. Um, in fact, I think if fully healthy, the Washington Mystics probably have a roster that can go toe-to-toe with anybody in the league, including Seattle and including Connecticut, who we haven't mentioned yet on this episode, but we've talked about a lot this year. Um, because they're already beating... I mean, they're beating the teams they should beat by a lot with just Tina Charles out there. So That's if you true. get, if you get Deladon back, I mean, Deladon's legit. If she's, if she's healthy, I mean, she won an MVP not too long ago. Um, and she still, I think has some basketball left in her. Otherwise she, you know, she wouldn't bother coming back from some pretty painful injuries. So it sounds like she's trying to battle back and play. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be a situation where it's like, Oh, there's only one basketball and, 
Gina Charles is going to have to take a step back and it's going to be Deladon's team. Like that's a team that wants to win and knows how to win and one not, not too in, not in the distant past. So they know uh, how to be unselfish about the basketball. So I, I wouldn't worry at all about Tina Charles's uh, trajectory. If, if Deladon could come back this year, I think that'd be a good thing for everyone involved. I agree. I think Tina Charles, Deladon, Emma Miesman, like, I, I don't see any of those three necessarily stepping on each other's toes. I think the way that each of them plays the game just opens things up for um for one another. Let's let's chat let's let's stay with Biggs in the league and uh another question from Smoney. How do you think uh do you think that Liz Cambage and Asia Wilson would work together long term? We've seen them on two different seasons now playing together. What do you think? Is this something that long term you feel good about? That's a that's a tricky question because in a vacuum, I feel great. I think they complement each other's games well. I think it's a good match. I think they were in the finals last year and they ran into the buzz saw that was Seattle, but they did that without Cam Beige, and I think adding her adds to the talent level on the team. Here's where it gets tricky. I don't know necessarily if Cam Beige is the type to want to be somewhere for years at a time. Um, maybe, maybe Vegas is the right place. Um, maybe that's the city that she could be like, I, I just want to be here and nowhere else. But you get the sense that Vegas isn't letting Asia Wilson go anywhere. They know what they have with her. I think she's going to be their Sue bird, right? Like she's going to play in Vegas until she drops. I would expect her, you know, 12 years in Vegas before there's ever even like talk of her being available to any other team. Um, I don't know if Cambage has that same trajectory. I think if Vegas goes through some rough patches where they're kind of rebuilding around Asia, I could easily, I, I could see her being dealt or her opting out and playing overseas if it doesn't look like the team's going to be good. So, you know, on the court wise and on paper, they complement each other great and they could win a championship together. Um, but if you ask me straight up, like if I think they're going to be a winning combination for years to come, I don't necessarily know how to rely on Liz Cambage. I think she's kind of a wild card. And I, I say that with adoration. I love that about Liz Cambage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, th- I think, I think that that is part of what we love about Liz Cambage. I think li- there's so, there's a giant list a mile long of reasons why Liz Cambage is great for this league. And, and we've discussed it at length in our, in our, in our chat. If if Vegas got bounced early by like Connecticut this year, if they like didn't get as far as they they probably should have, and then they go back to the drawing board and like try to make big changes to the team, I could see Cambage saying, "Hey, I want to be in Los Angeles. Like, I yeah. want to be a star. I want to be like they're putting some things together in the offseason there. I want to be part of it." She could do that, and and I wouldn't necessarily even hold it against her. I just no. She's the type of player that I think would want to follow like. What if in a year or two, New York has money to spend? And Los Angeles probably has some cap space. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about that on previous episodes. In in a year or two, the Sparks are basically going to be buying a whole brand new team. Yeah. Um, ev- everybody that other teams can't afford is going to go to Los Angeles. So I could see you're doing that. I'm going to answer this one first. This next one. Um, another question. Is the problem with the fever coaching? <laughs> Uh, a problem with the fever is coaching. There's it's, it's not, I don't think, I don't think Indiana is a one stop. Oh, that was the magic ticket. This is, uh, 
this is the issue. <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. think that coaching is, is part of it. Um, I have not been super impressed with, uh, what, with what coach Stanley's been doing. Um, I was really hopeful, um, when, when she was hired, I have not been impressed now to be fair. They have a lot of other issues as well. They've got some identity issues. They've got some roster issues. However, with the roster that you currently have, certain players are getting, I think, underutilized. Uh, I think Tierra McCowan should be on the floor a lot more than she currently is. Yes. Um, yes. And I might be, maybe I, I'm up in the night in that, but I have been yelling at my TV for, I think, three years now to get McCowan on the floor more. I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe there's something I'm not seeing. Maybe there, there's other issues, but I, I think that you have to, to put more of a focus there. So anyway, that's, that's what I say is it's a problem, but there's no one single solution that's going to turn Indiana around this season. Maybe not next season either. So that there's where I sit with Indiana. Uh, how about you, Logan? Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I think the question is flawed because it, it proposes the reality where there's only one problem with the future, <laughs> uh, which yeah. is simply, simply not true. Uh, I mean, you could point to shooting. They still don't shoot threes very well. Um, they, they don't, I don't know. They, they don't do a lot of things very well. And, and I don't want to put it all on coaching either because sometimes coaches don't, run things the way they would if they had more talent on the floor. Sometimes you have to like defensively, sometimes you have to make sacrifices and and run a more set half court defense, a more conservative defense than you'd want to, because you don't have the personnel that can stick with elite guards and afford not to switch on screens and things like that. So, you know, there are things like that in play where I don't think it's all in the coaching, but it's not having Tierra McCowan out there, not getting um, their rookie Kaiser more minutes. Like it, it does no good to acquire really talented players. If you don't utilize them correctly. And we watched mm. this happen with Erica Wheeler um, last year. And then, and then she went to LA and basically said like, it's nice to be treated like a star finally. Um, <laughs> and it's like, Oh man, like, it's not just the coach. It's not just the players on the floor. It seems like top down that organization just isn't, it isn't making players feel special and it isn't putting them in positions to succeed. So even when they get good players, they're, they're creating obstacles between them and being successful that don't need to be there. So on, on top of that, they just, they don't have as much talent as a lot of rosters in the league. Uh, they, they are in a, a phase of, of the rebuild that, it's their Dallas from last year. They are, or New York from last year without Sabrina. They, they're kind of, they're not built to win right now. Um, and a lot of teams are going for it this year. There's probably five or six teams that really think they have a chance right now. And a lot of others that are kind of doing some retooling. Um, and it's kind of disappointing to see them on the outside looking in of this really like tightly packed four through 10 or 11 seed state. Like the standings are so tight. And then there's the fever which every team right now is just counting as an automatic win on their schedule. Next question. Which uniform do you like the best now that you've seen them on the court? Give me like mm. three, a three word answer. Mm, now that I've seen them on the court, uh, the Liberty heroines. Yeah. Uh, those, those are good ones. And 
if I'm being honest, maybe just because we were talking about them, but the, the, the Navy blue fever jerseys, uh, now that I've seen them, I, I really like those. And then I got to go, I got to make our LA co-hosts that haven't been on the show in a little bit happy. Jason, Steve, I hope you're listening. The, the night, like the city night, the black and yellow LA Sparks jerseys. Yeah. Those look good on, on the court. Those are really solid. And that's, we were those, critical those are just of those. Off the top of my head. Yeah. I, I, I think you already know a lot of the jerseys I already love. Um, so I was trying to go with ones that I haven't really called out yet. It's still very happy. Uh, it's, it's like a, it's like a moment of joy every time I turn on league pass this year and I see a Phoenix versus Lynx game and I'm just like, yes, they look like their team. They don't look like, like some yes. like Euro league or they don't look like college or McDonald's all American. Like they look like their brand. Like I think Phoenix, I, I'm going to throw in Phoenix. You asked for three, but all of Phoenix's looks, I'm like, ah, this is what they needed all along. Like. I, I really like all Phoenix's looks, but those, those are the ones that stand out to me. Really, uh, the Liberty looks, I know they got a lot of draw in the off season for being very good, but the, the home whites when they wear those, I just think they're so nice. I'd agree with that. I, I think, uh, I'll give a little shout out to like Indiana and Minnesota and Dallas and New York. All those home whites look so clean, so clean. I I wish that there was more availability to have those like available yeah. for purchase. Um the one that I wasn't as as down with until I saw it on the court, I really like Seattle's Rebel jerseys. Mm-hmm. Those look really good on the court for me. Um and maybe for a similar reason as you that maybe it's the dark the maybe the dark just looks really good. Um it's it's kind of it's not quite black. I'd say like kind of like a dark like charcoal maybe like overall color scheme. Um, but it fits, it fits really, really well. So, um, all right, let's see We're we're going to wrap up the, uh, we're going to wrap up the, the mailbag portion here. There's one other one. Um, let's see how, how you feel about with the schedule, uh, teams that you kind of play a team like two, you know, two times in a row. Um, you kind of have a back to back, uh, series with the team. Um, what do you think? Is that, is that good for the league? Is that bad for the league? How are you feeling about that? I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, this season has the smallest average margin of victory, like on record since the, since the year began and that's, or since the league began. And that's including a fever team that's losing by quite a, like quite a lot and kind of skewing the, the averages higher than they even seem to be. Um, right. But like the, the average margin of victory in the league right now is like six points. And I think it's because when you play back to back like that, um, with a, with a night in between for rest, I think it favors the lesser team. It favors the underdog. It right. helps the underdog learn. Keeps games closer. Yeah. I learn, you learn a team's tendencies. You make quick adjustments. You get time to really like try different things out and, and solve problems that you're seeing on the floor. It's a great example of this. Look at Dallas, Seattle. Um, yes. those, those games, like they played three times over the course of about two weeks and you could tell like each progressive game, Dallas was feeling closer and closer to, to figuring something out. And now it looks like Dallas is figuring stuff out against other teams in the league because they got to test their, their medal against, you know, the reigning champs and if they're, you know, they're kind of on a little bit of a mini streak now. So I, I think the back to back games, like playing the little mini series like that, I think it helps the teams that are trying to develop players and and kind of a punch above their weight class 
And to me, that makes more games close and it gives you more overtimes and it gives you more game winners. And we've already seen that statistically. We've seen that in the first third of the season so far. Um, I agree. I, you, you pretty much hit every point that I like, uh, that, that I was going to make. So well done. Boom. <laughs> okay. One last question, Logan. This one's coming from me. And those of you on, uh, on the stream can see what I'm holding up right here. I've got a goat shirt on right now. So I've got a question, Logan. Today's a special day. As we record this, it's June 11th and, uh, we've got two players with birthdays today that are definitely in the discussion for the greatest of all time in the WNBA. And that's Diana Taurasi and Maya Moore, which really leaves me begging the question, Logan. Uh, we're at 25 years in the WNBA and I think we'll probably have a, uh, an off season like episode where we really, really break this down and maybe have a full like episode on this. But just off the top of your head, I want you to tell me who are you going to put on your Mount Rushmore and who do you say is the goat? Okay. So I was ready for the latter half. You ready for, ready for (laughs) goat? I'm curious. I'm Um, curious. Well, obviously you've got one then if you know what your, who your goat is. And then who else do you think does it like, I'm, I'm asking the reason I'm asking Mount Rushmore is let's say that we put up a Twitter poll, right? Sure. If we put up a Twitter poll, who are the four players that you're going to put in and say, hey, vote out of these four who, out of, who out the GOAT four. is? Does it make yeah, sense? I, and that's fair. I, I think there's certainly... Which I, could I, actually be a different question than who's on your Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Yeah. I like. I, I think I've said before, that, like, Tarazi, while not my personal greatest of all time quite yet, I know her career is like mostly behind her now like everything she does now is basically frosting but i i remember talking about tarazi on the phoenix uh preseason preview episode and saying if she's not at least on your rushmore or in your discussion then she needs to be like anytime you talk about right. the greatest like like if someone says tarazi like you kind of say like okay obviously that name is going to come up um yeah. i uh i'm I'm prefacing things with that because I'm trying to work through this. I, I think I have my answer for now. And I, for me, it's swoops. I think, Ooh. I think my greatest of all time is swoops. Um, and it's, I mean, there's so many com- comparable resumes, but to me, there's nothing that compares to four time WNBA champion, three time MVP and three time defensive player of the year. That's the separator for me. Um, I know other, it, she's got three gold medals. I know other people have four. Um, I know there are now, like, there are a couple other players that have gotten four, uh, rings. I think Sue Bird is now in that, uh, mm-hmm. in that elite company where she's got four. Um, but I, I really think it swoops because of the defensive player of the year awards and the three time MVP. Um, I think that's, that's the cut above the rest that, that to me is a differentiator. Um, but, you know, but I could be convinced otherwise. If, if someone has a really compelling argument for Tarazi, for Tamika Catchings, who I think is also on my Rushmore, um, I could really, I could be swayed. I, I feel confident in my reasoning, but I, I know there's things out there that I'm missing still. Um, and so I, 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 I want to hear your goat first before I, I complete my Rushmore for you to see okay. if I'm even okay. on the right track here. So you're saying Swoops is your goat. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking Swoops. But you've got DT on your Rushmore? 
Is that I, what you said? I think I think DT's there. I, I guess I can go ahead and give it to you now. I got DT there, and Tamika Catchings is there, and the okay. last spot is so this is, it's this so is tough because because I it's harder for me to take modern players. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to take players that are still active. Obviously, when all is said and done, maybe Stewie, maybe Asia, you know, maybe things like that. Maybe Deladon. Yeah, like yeah. there's yeah, but. But like Sue Bird is like right in the middle of that conversation. <laughs> you know, she's got four gold medals. She's got four titles. Um, she could, she could take that last spot. I, th- I think it for, I think I'm going to give it to Coop strictly because it's like when I think of Mount Rushmore, I think of former players and not currently active players. It's such an arbitrary difference. And I, I apologize to Sue Bird. And her fans for for like I, I want to put her on. I was like, y- you took Seabird out, but you have Tarasi on still, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think well, because it, I did it in the wrong order, but I think yeah. it's I think it's Swoops, Coop, Catchings, and then either DT or Sue is going to take that fourth spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw DT out there, knowing that Seabird deserves to be there. That's <laughs> Like that, that's the really, the, the toughest spot to fill for me is the, like the twilight years, like they're still playing player. And, you know, obviously Superd has another title, um, but Tarazi, I don't know. We've, we've watched both of those players have games where they were the best player on the floor and they single-handedly elevated their team to wins. Um, I get, you know what? I've seen Sue do it against Tarazi though. Maybe I need to change my that, answer. Mm, we've also seen Tarazi versus Sue. I, I don't mean, know. I, I, maybe I'm just more scared to leave Tarazi off than. Sue. I think I think Tarazi <laughs> would like to see you in the lobby. <laughs> yeah, that's what. Maybe that's what <laughs> if you leave her off, you're you're getting seen in the lobby. Let's we, just put the, let's just say that <laughs> we've we've met uh, we've met Sue Bird and we've met Tarazi's bun, uh, and we have we have stood in Diana Tarazi's presence. Uh, as she got up shots before a game. Um, and so we have pretty close ties to, <laughs> to all of those players, but, um, Trazi's bun. If you're listening, I'm putting DT in my last spot because of you. So. <laughs> shouts to shouts to one of our initial, one of our very first friends and probably the first like person we actually met like face to face as far as like people that we still like hang out with and chat with a bunch. Uh, in the WNBA family, at least. Yeah, but it's, that was a special. It, it's day. a hard. It's a hard Stars question. I I left off. I mean, there's ten players I want to put there. Um, I left off. <laughs> I, I won't spoil who I left off because I'm sure you're going to say some of them. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out. Uh, I'm I'm gonna give you my uh my Rushmore first. Okay. Um, I've got Lisa Leslie. Yep, there's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maya. No, yeah, Maya Moore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's that's when things get tough after two that's <laughs> lisa leslie maya moore tarasi Ooh. oh my gosh you're gonna leave off i know uh, i'm gonna be mad <laughs> i'm gonna leave off about three people here everybody's gonna be coming at me in the chat lisa leslie's the first one that i was like i'm i'm upset that i couldn't get her in there she deserves to be there good, good and pick. for me she was the face of the league for when i was a kid she was like you know i didn't watch the league a lot but i knew who lisa leslie was uh 
And it wasn't Amor, just the dunk. Like, it was everything, right? Maya Moore, I almost feel like like she made the decision easy on me by like almost being a, an exemption to this question. Like everyone acknowledges right. she's great, but also acknowledges that she had more to do on a basketball court and decided instead to go like above and beyond with. And I think that's why that that like, yeah, because that's a great argument. Do you say, well, she didn't play as much, you know, uh, does she pull like an, a Michael Jordan and come back, you know, like, I don't yeah, know to, to me, longevity, like, Longevity it, it, does it play makes, a huge role. Yeah, it just makes the argument easier because at some point you start you start with like a top fifteen and you have to start whittling down and splitting yeah. hairs. And for me, Maya Moore didn't make make that cut just because of that reason. And then Lisa Leslie just didn't make the cut because I wanted Coop and Swoops both in. But yeah. you're you don't have either of those two in. So I'm interested in <laughs> I'm so I've I've got one be. left. I've got one left. Mm. You don't have catch in either. I know. I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. I'm debating between catch and swoops. Okay. That's who I'm. That's tough. who I'm debating between. That's so, tough. yeah. It, but I mean, like you said, I like you've got players like you've got like Sue Bird. You got Candace Parker. Like yeah, yeah. Does um, I think she deserves a mention? Like I potentially off, could be on it. I read off. Uh, Swoops' resume earlier, the three MVPs, three D player of the year, um, all-star MVP doesn't really matter, three gold medals. Uh, Tamika Catchings, two gold medals, four defensive player of the years. Catchings has the most impressive WNBA resume. Yeah, MVP and finals MVP. Defensive player of the year. She's She leads the league in, I think, two, two or three like overall categories yeah. that that she yeah. leads the league in like catchings dude. So, Oh man, man, Lauren Jackson, the three-time MVP didn't even get, didn't even get in the discussion. Like so many, it's tough. It's when it's you talk so about the top four in a league that's 25 years old and, and the people who like, like the, the, the players who are the best are, are either playing now or they played in the previous generation, but those are the only two generations that we have to pick from. It's tough. Okay. What did, who, what did I say? Lisa Leslie, Maya Moore, Diana Taurasi. Did I pick between the last two? Yeah. Uh, I think you were leaning towards uh catch because of the resume. I am going to, I am going to say catch. Yeah. If I hadn't, but swoops is right there. I'm, ah, I might switch swoops out. I might switch swoops out. No, I don't know who I'm taking off though. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sue, so, yeah, Sue so, didn't make it on, on either of our lists. Lauren Jackson didn't make it. Candace Parker. Uh, there's so, so many. So did you say it before? You said your goat was, was swoops. I think it is. I, I think it is her, her. To me, it's her resume and four straight titles. She's got I mean, a great resume. It's a, a lot of it has to do with three time MVP and defense player of the year and stuff like that. But also, I mean, we, when, when Steve was on doing his W history research and he told us like, guess how many, like in American professional sports, how many times someone has won four titles in a row? It doesn't happen. It's, like, it's it only happened like twice, happen. right? Like, yeah. Like, was it like three, a hockey? Yeah. And, and a lot of those are like, oh, they, they won three in four years or like, like it's very rare to win three in a row. Like nobody's done four in a row. Did Boston do it? 
Maybe, I mean, yeah, maybe it was like the '60s Celtics. I can't remember exactly what what the stat yeah. was. All I remember, all I took away from like that Bill was Russell, Bill like Russell even, era. Yeah, even for a league in its infancy and in a league with a limited number of teams, like every other league, like the NBA for a long time only had eight teams. Uh, the original six in hockey, right? Like other teams had their beginnings. Nobody won four straight. Yeah, like it's it's impressive. So I got to pick a goat, right? Yeah, you got to pick one. My head says catch. My heart says Tarasi. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think that when all is said and done, I will look back at the career of Diana Tarasi with maybe the most revere. Does that make sense? And it's not because of numbers. It's because I watched Tarasi play the yeah, game. That's, you know what I mean? I, like I it's different. I go, I overcorrect. And and this is great. Yeah. We have someone in the chat, Seattle Domination, is saying in the chat, like like sometimes people shy away from modern players. I do that. Yeah. I overcorrect and I give precedence, or, or I guess I give preference to the players that did it first, because I like we don't know yet how how Tarazi, like we we pretty much know how Tarazi and Subert's careers are going to end, but we don't know. Like Phoenix could get another one. Seattle could get one this year. Subert could have five. Yeah. Fast forward. 15 years from now is Bree Stewart is Asia Wilson yeah. is uh, yeah. I Stewie, mean, there's, Stewie is coming for one of those spots. Um, I, I'm prepared for it. Yeah. I, I, th- yeah, I, th- I'd agree. Um, Asia Wilson, I think has the potential to do it as well. I think, I think Candace Parker deserves a lot more, more you raise a, you raise a really good point about watching Tarazi play. Like, a lot of these, a lot of these players, I'm going off of resumes and what they accomplished. Um, but, but if you were to ask me right now, pick any WNBA player, past or present, to shoot one shot with your life on the line. Tarazi. Tarazi's my pick, and it's not even close. Like, like that's, I, that's that's without hesitation. <laughs> yeah, like, like I'm, I'm going there, even if even if statistically there are better shooters, even if Deladon players who have done Deladon has a forty fifty ninety season. I'm picking yeah. DT. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the, like you said, that's what your heart picks. That's emotionally like, that's, I agree. That's why I have her in my top, my top four. Yeah. My head, there's in my head, there's so many other arguments that you could make, you know, we're going to get hell for this, by the way. Oh, we're going to get just murdered. This episode might be our last episode because (laughs) when you talk about Mount Rushmore, there's reasons ESPN does it all the time with, with men's NBA. Because uh, people because get it heated. sparks a lot of <laughs> anger in people, yeah. and a lot of people have very, uh, very heated takes. Uh, I know Tina Thompson getting some love in the chat right now, not getting talked enough about this. This something. That <laughs> All w right, Mount, really, Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore, he, ready? Uh, Tina Thompson, Cheryl Swoops, Cynthia Cooper, and Janet Arcane. <laughs> just picking there's an argument the, the roster there's, there's an argument <laughs> if you're talking numbers you could make an argument for those four, and right? I, I don't fault them for this but something w twitter really gravitates to is you're not talking about x player enough or we need to talk yeah. more about this and that and when it comes to like who are your top four players ever there's always going to be the next player that that doesn't get in right that's 
It's always yeah. going to happen. So let us know what we got wrong. Uh, just remember that this is like this podcast is this for is analysis, fun. but it's also for fun. So please don't hate us. Not even who I would name. Th- uh, give give me another two hours, and I probably switch two of my Mount Rushmore. Definitely. Around. Oh, definitely. If you made me think about it, <laughs> definitely. Well, good. I. I always love mailbag. Uh, dude, that was, that was a lot of fun. We, we had a ton of, yeah, we just had a ton of stuff and we broke down a lot of like standings and, and things the last episode. So I thought, let's just, let's just hit some questions. Let's have a little fun today. The only reason that we did this goat discussion today in the middle of the season is because it's Maya Moore and Diana Taurasi's birthday today. Um, Yay. so we had to, everybody's like two goats were born today and I'm like, Hey, who is the goat? You know, who's, who's the one and uh, yeah, it's, and both of them have an argument. So had to thank the basketball gods, uh, for smiling upon us on June 11th. That's what, uh, that's what our, our, our friend Steve yeah. mentioned. He says, that's when the, the basketball gods smiled upon us and said, June 11th is the day. Uh, Logan, let's talk about what's going down in the league right now absolutely like what's been happening these last couple of days since we recorded last um we've had a few more games uh take place uh seattle with a couple w's um the mystics uh looking good chicago got back to a win dallas looking solid again um so where do you want to start you want to start most recent we had a couple games tonight we can hit those up real quick yeah, I'll, I don't know how much you want to talk on, uh, uh, touch on past games, but we should talk at least about Chicago breaking their awful seven game losing skid yes. over the fever. They laid the <laughs> boom on them. They led from the get go. I don't think they ever gave up the lead in this game. They held the mm-hmm. fever under 20 points, three out of four quarters. They just did their thing. And it looked like Courtney Vandersloot might have had some of her groove back. Um, oh, and it, in finally. addition to, um, Vandersloot playing better as of late. They also got some players back. Um, Steph Dolson's out there. Clea Copper still playing well. I believe Allie Quigley, yeah, played 26 minutes in this game, went four for eight. She's a big help. Ended up scoring 10 points on the night. She's a plus four for the game. So, uh, nice to have kind of a, a Chicago Sky team that we can recognize out there. Yeah. Um, that was a big, that was Wednesday night, the night that we, uh, so yeah, the sky is still three and seven with a ton of work to do. But if you're going to claw back into the playoffs, you got to start now. Um, don't wait till the end of the season. So I'm excited about that. There's, there's another game that I want to talk about that happened earlier tonight. Um, but I, I don't know. Do you want to touch on anything else Wednesday yeah. or Thursday? No, dude, you, you, you nailed those. I'm good. I'm good on both of those. You kind of said everything I was thinking. Perfect. We're in sync, man. It's like we're living <laughs> under the same roof. It's uh, like we talk every day. <laughs> Man, I, I know we should be focused on the storm going nine and two, thus securing uh, our prediction that the storm are going to be unstoppable through mid July. Jewel Lloyd poured in 20 points. Bree Stewart pitched in a double double. Um, holy crap. I, we, we need to talk about it. We'll do it now. Let's do it now. Um, <laughs> Why not? I saw a poll that a friend of the show was running on Twitter tonight. Shouts, asking, shouts to Anila. Asking who is the MVP, like the front runner MVP candidate on the Seattle Storm right now. Is it Bree Stewart or is it Jewel <laughs> Lloyd? As of the time of me seeing that poll, there's about 200 votes cast. And Jewel Lloyd was leading 75-25, like, like percentage-wise. It was three quarters voters were like, Jewel Lloyd is the MVP on this team. 
I love me some Jewel Lloyd. She's winning him games this season. She deserves to be in the MVP discussion. I I don't mind it at all. But I think people are just like on Bree Stewart fatigue if they're not paying attention to what she's doing this she, year. Is that she fair? kind of I don't know because she kind of has won everything. She's already won an MVP, and when she came back from her Achilles, she almost won the MVP last year. Should have. Uh, I think she should have. See, I, I think Asia, uh, for me, I, 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 I think I definitely go Asia last year. I, I think they should, but it wait. was close. I think it was they really close. To award the MVP until the end of the year. And if you would have, if <laughs> you would have seen Bree Stewart go for like 40 points in the final game of the game clinching, <laughs> like title game, then That's I think so she would have won the MVP. I, but right now, like I, I agree that I, I think Bree Stewart got so pushed and everybody was like, Oh, like, Let's move on. Like, I, I, you could say the same thing happens to Diana Taurasi. The fact that Diana Taurasi only has one MVP is kind of ridiculous. It's a little weird. Um, here's the thing, though. Jewel Lloyd and Bree Stewart are separated in points by less than one point per game. They're both right at like 20, 21 points per game. Bree is rocking it with 9.6 rebounds per game at number three in the league. Uh, but don't forget that Jewel Lloyd is also top 10 in the league with four and a half assists. Like those two are absolutely. That's why that question earlier tonight. How is Seattle still so good? There you have that's it. Why. They have two MVPs. two, two MVPs. That's not to say that they're either one of them is the MVP front runner, because I think John Quill Jones has an argument there, uh, being, uh, uh, being at the top of the league, uh, in points and, and definitely the top of the league in rebounds. Um, and on sure. a team that's at the top, I think Tina Charles is playing maybe as good as anybody in the league, yeah. but her team yeah. is probably not going to finish in the top half of the league. Uh, if you ask me, so I don't know if yeah, you can award the, an MVP from a uh, from a Mystics squad that door, might take yeah. like eighth place. The door is open right now because typically the MVP goes to best player, best team, and then if mm-hmm. the team records are close, like it, it, you kind of have to split hair statistically. Um, right. It looks like John Quill Jones is going to lose some ground by stepping away and, and being a part of of Euro basketball because she's going to be playing in the Olympics and stuff like that. Nothing right. against John Quill Jones. I, I think she deserves to not backslide in her MVP rankings because of that, but she will because it's a media driven award and, and people are going to be talking about what players have done for them lately. Um, and I, I don't even have a, by the way, I don't have a problem if you think Jewel Lloyd is, is a better candidate this year than Stewie. I, I don't think that's necessarily a wrong line of thinking. I was just surprised at the split. I was, I was blown away. That it was <laughs> more, if it was 50, 50, I would have been like surprised. Like, Oh, like, a hundred people said it's Jim and a hundred people said it's Stewie. Like that's pretty close. See, I feel like that's, I feel like that would be close to accurate. I, I am a little surprised that it was that drastic toward Jewel Lloyd. Um, this is a Jewel Lloyd pod. We love Jewel Lloyd is like our favorite player (laughs) on the pod. If she wins an MVP, I will be like, I'll, I'll be JR Smithing through the streets, like without a shirt. If you had a, if you took a list of, if you had all of us list our top 10 favorite players in the league right now and then averaged those out across the four hosts, Jewel Lloyd 
I'm I'm like ninety nine percent sure Jewel Lloyd's number one I, on that list. I, I want her to win an MVP in her career <laughs> while playing on a team with Sue Bird and Bree Stewart. I think that would say a lot about her role in Seattle yeah. and and her team. She's been on fire really since last year. Like she should have. In my I, here's the thing: if you think if you thought Brianna Stewart should have been the MVP last year, I think Jewel Lloyd should have been the Finals MVP last year. She should. Yeah, I agree. With That's that. where I'm at, and she's continued that anyway. Um, yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal. It's, I know it's I know it's early to be talking about this, but I just had to bring up that poll because I was I was so blown away <laughs> by the the early results, and th- and those are fans. Those are Twitter fans. So here's not, a question for you: We kind of exactly we kind of accurate reading said. But. We kind of said that uh, Tina Charles probably won't get it because her team's not going to finish in the top half. If Dallas finishes in the top half, is Arike in your top two, top three for uh, MVP? Uh, If they finish in the top half, like if they finish fifth or sixth. Let's say the fifth or sixth, which I don't know if they will, but if they did, is Arike in your top two or three? Man, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think so. I think there's an argument there. I think I, that I still I, think that means you've got four or five teams ahead of them, and those are going to include Vegas and Seattle and Connecticut and teams with at least one player that I would take probably ahead of it. Mm-hmm. But I but I get where you're coming from because the expectations for Dallas this year were dirt floor low, right. and and she's kind of been the leader that's brought them. Yeah. To, I mean, she's not the only one, obviously. She's not doing it alone out there. I, I do think she's, that, that that roster has someone on it that I want to give a year-end award to, but I don't think MVP is the one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how, how much more vague could I be? Whoa. <laughs> Logan, let's get back into... Let's, let's, uh, can we talk Dallas since we're on that real quick? Yeah. Look at Dallas. Uh Dude. The Wings tonight faced a Mercury team that, like, should should the Wings win, they would have evened uh, even the records five and five for both of those teams, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what they did. They had uh, twenty three to twelve first quarter, and then kind of gave up that lead towards halftime. It kind of felt like oh, like this same thing we've seen from Dallas all year, where it's like they're young, they don't have the composure to hold the lead. Are they going to be resilient? And then they just went out and outscored Phoenix 37 to 26 in the second half. Holy cow. Satu Sabali, the player that we were so excited for them to draft last year, she is here now. Scored eight of her 17 points, uh, I believe. I have been aboard the Satu Sabali hype oh, train know, since she was a have. sophomore in at Oregon. Like I am all about, I, I still think that, that, uh, she might have the highest ceiling of last year's draft class. And last I, year's draft class is deep. I could see it. Uh, she she scored eight of her 17 points in the fourth quarter. Arike Gumbawale went for 20. And they hand... I mean, they didn't just beat Phoenix. They handed it to Phoenix. They slammed that's, Phoenix. They, that's an impressive thing for such a young team to open up an early lead, cough up that lead because Phoenix kind of found themselves, and then reestablish themselves. And and really like go for it and learn how to like put it to a team. They held the Mercury under sixty points for the game. Uh, yeah, the Mercury. Well, let's go back to our little goat chat here. DT did not play. Uh, Tarasi wasn't on the court, and uh, ironically, 
Phoenix shot 15% from behind the arc, you're not yeah, going to really win bad. a lot of games doing that. Really bad. All right. It's yeah. just not, it's, it's not, it's the problem not happening. And if you're shooting less than 40% from the field, or excuse me, less than about 38% from the field, you're really going to struggle. They shot not quite 35% from the field, including yeah, three, 15 from behind the arc. Like that three was, for 20. that's rough. If you yeah. hit three, three pointers in a game, it like, even if you didn't attempt that many and you didn't waste that many shots, it's still like tough to win a game with three three pointers. Yeah, but to try that many, uh, yeah, that's, they were that's getting pretty, out rebounded. Like, yeah, it was. It you know, was even before rough. tonight, Phoenix has not been a great three point shooting team. They've been under thirty percent for the year. They've struggled, is which is crazy. Be worse. You, yeah. You've got some really good three point shooters on your team, and it's just not happening. I don't know what's going on in, in Phoenix. Phoenix needs to wake up because you get into a small slump with as close as the middle ground of this league is right now. I'm just saying you're, you're going to find yourself out of playoff contention. You're going to be find yourself at like number nine, number 10 in the league. If you hit just a small slump here, like you got to wake up Phoenix. You got to wake up. Yeah. And Marina, Marina Mabry getting some love in the chat. Yeah. Dude, I love Marina Mabry. <laughs> I love seeing stuff about her on Twitter. I think she's got a really stellar, most improved player campaign going right now. Yes. Um, and, and almost like there's no way to run away with an award before the halfway point in the season, but it's hers to lose right now. Yeah. She's, she's been doing fantastic. Didn't have a great game necessarily tonight, but yeah, I agree. Um, all right, Logan, we've, we've chatted a whole bunch. We've been all over the place tonight, but I, that's kind of what I, I like about these Friday night ones. <laughs> this is just a, we kind of been wherever we want to be. Not a whole lot of structure to this one. Answering questions, discussing latest, latest news. Um, anything else? Top of the, top of the list that we did not snag tonight. Uh, there's been a lot of amazing moments in the year so far, and I, I feel like they happen and then they, they kind of pass as the next games or the next day's games begin. Um, but it's it's been really fun. I, I'm kind of keeping a mental list of like the things I want to remember about this season. And it feels like if Vegas does anything in the postseason this year, one of those snapshots of the year is going to be laughing Liz Cambage. Uh, post, <laughs> yes. Posting up and scoring a bucket. That was all over yes. ESPN. Like even... Even fans that were normally like 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 sports fans that are normally trolls about women's basketball were just like, all right, well, this is freaking dope. Like, that's pretty is, dope. <laughs> that's a baller move right there. Like that's um, so. I really enjoyed that. I I liked seeing the sky get back on the horse. They play the Fever again tomorrow in a Saturday morning game. Um, if they win that game, they'll be four and seven and right back in. I mean, they're they're on the outside looking in in terms of the standings. But as you noted, the standings between the fourth seeded Liberty and the tenth seeded Lynx right now are separated by a game and a half. So right. not really out of it just yet. And and I think the Sky are going to be able to throw their hat back in there. What's really interesting is I thought this year we were going to see the dynamic of the season was going to be like the Liberty and the Dream and the Wings were all going to be like battling to see if one of them could get that last playoff spot from somebody and like surprise somebody. Instead, what it's what it's happening early is the Liberty and Wings at least are kind of in position to be in the playoffs and they're just trying to bat down Phoenix and they're trying to bat down <laughs> the Mystics and they're trying to hold off Minnesota and Chicago because if they can just hold on 
and play 500 basketball for a lot of the year. They might do it. A couple things need to go their way and all those teams can get in. So, you know, Minnesota and Chicago starting the year so poorly really opened the door for this season to be kind of wild and crazy. So looking forward to that. Uh, a couple of big games coming up in the next couple of days. Uh, I'm going to give you two real quick that everybody needs to watch. Uh, June 13th on Sunday. Uh, 2 p.m. Eastern time, Seattle and Connecticut, the two top yeah. teams in the league. You, that's must see TV. Yep. Now it's going to be broadcast on Facebook, unfortunately, not on, uh, on cable, but, uh, you got to watch that one. Hop on Facebook. That's an easy, easy one to access. Uh, if you don't have Facebook, make a quick fake account and just watch it. It's easy. <laughs> um, the other one that you're probably going to have to catch on League Pass as well, the Wings and the Aces. That's another one that's at 6 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. Um, I think those are two teams that, I mean, Dallas is playing some great basketball. Las Vegas is trying to show that they really deserve to be what everybody thought they were at the beginning of the season. Um, that those two games are, are definitely two games that I've got my eye on. Um, there's several others coming up, but those are two I want to give a quick shout out. Logan, before we go, uh, is there, uh, how, what's the best way for people to interact with us and, and, and get in contact with us? Uh, give us the quick rundown. Yeah, I'll tell you some of the best ways that we've experienced recently is getting on the Twitch, uh, stream while we record these episodes and pouring in your thoughts, man. I, I've loved, kind of reviewing what people are thinking at like in real time as we talk about each of these topics, uh, asking questions, getting stuff in our mailbag. We don't have like an official mailbag segment, but like we do if people are asking us stuff and they want to talk about it. Um, and so if you want your Mount Rushmore, your goat, um, any of those discussions to be heard, uh, we absolutely want to, want to hear it. And, and Twitch is the best way to do that in real time. You can obviously tweet at us at WNBA Nation Pod and interact with us there as well. It's where a lot of our pod family comes from. Um, and it's really, fun. it's, as I said earlier, it's really fun, like positive community. I've kind of stepped away from a lot of sports Twitter over the last year or so, uh, because some of it could be pretty toxic, but W Twitter is great, man. Like everybody kind of has their own brand. Um, uh, and, and you learn to love like, um, the different, I, I don't know, we've got a lot of different friend accounts on there. And so not only if you want to interact with us, but if you want to be a part of that larger conversation, Twitch is a great place to be. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, we recently read some five-star reviews on our show and we'd love to do that again. Uh, if you leave a five-star review on our podcast page, we will read it on the air and we will give you praise and we will maybe cry tears of joy. Because that helps us get found. Um, as there the, have been yeah. at, at minimum two different reviews that have come through that have actually brought tears to our eyes. <laughs> we like he's not joking when he says that. It's it's important. Like it's important to us that as the league grows, like people are able to find us and kind of access these types of discussions. I think it helps people learn. For instance, today's episode, like you learned who some of these names are from early WNBA days, and you learn who's good right now, and you. You learn who to watch for for awards, and it kind of helps you, I guess, uh, be just a, a more informed viewer of the league throughout the year. And we want more people to have that. Um, but it, it also uh, just makes us feel good. Um, <laughs> like the the review that I'll always remember is uh, it, it, there was a there was a girl that was thinking about not playing basketball anymore. Sounds like she, she was maybe like middle school or high school age, and decided to continue to play because she realized that like that was an option for her, um, and that's kind of what this is all about. Uh, we, we got into the league specifically for the purpose of like putting more eyes on the league and, and kind of normalizing coverage for a sport that wasn't getting enough. 
Um, and the more coverage that it gets, the more people will stick to it and play it. And it, like the league will become better and more talented and we'll get more teams. And <laughs> I mean, everything, everything kind of in, in a nice like cycle, it kind of builds on itself. Like as the coverage grows, the league grows and we get to be part of that. And if you review us, then more people get to find us and they get to be part of that as well. So those are the ways you can interact with us. Uh, I hope I touched on them all. Kyle, we're going to clock in it under an hour because we've love been efficient it. lately. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks for doing that quick rundown. Um, just uh shout out to, again to everybody hanging out with the, in the chat. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up there. Logan, great episode. Appreciate you just, I mean, we're all over the board tonight, but it's so fun. It's just so fun talking just WNBA basketball uh, right at the beginning of the season here. We're, we're not quite to the halfway point, so we're um, we're still hitting some really good uh, storylines, and those storylines are going to continue to develop. Make sure if you haven't snagged League Pass yet, make sure you're doing that. You can go back and watch previous games. Um, but uh, that's what we've got for you tonight, uh, tomorrow, more, well, or this morning or this afternoon or whenever you happen to be listening to it. Uh, again, hit us up at WNB Nation Pod on Twitter. Let me know where where should I be taking my family? Where are we going on a trip? We got to come see some WNBA basketball. So uh, let us know. And uh, yeah, with that, for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time.